Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. What look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because, because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to unpack on this episode. So what I need you to do first and foremost is go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, as well as on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. And make sure you subscribe and download all brand new content from the world of sports and entertainment at youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. That's youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. What's going on, everybody? Got to bring in my guy, engineer extraordinaire, producer to the stars, big brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. What's going on, man? What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Hey, man, I am here. <laughs> I am on point like a decimal and uh, ready to get it cracking, man. <laughs> It's been a very interesting weekend. I I could say say so myself. Okay, okay, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, man, it's nothing like blowing a tire on a freeway when you're doing sixty five to seventy miles. Oh, that's the worst, bro. I've been there, man. I've been there, bro. So for those people that are listening, I live in Los Angeles. Obviously, we're broadcasting from Los Angeles, and I live in the Southern California area, and I'm on one of the busiest freeways in LA known as the 110 freeway and I'm going down to 110 I'm doing about 65 70 right now my car is pulling what the hell is my car pulling (laughs) and as I get near an exit to get off the freeway it pops boom now fortunately I got both hands on the wheel at the time so I get off the gas I let it coast up the ramp because it's a it's an upward ramp freeway exit ramp and it finally went flat making all these noises I pull off about a block or so um, where I had to get to a safer location, called the tow truck. Fortunately, I got a good donut on my car. But here's the ironic thing. <laughs> the other tire is about three days away from popping itself because oh the God. tread is just worn. Mm. So, And I still had to get to Staples Center because I had a WNBA game right. to cover. Right. So... I'm like, okay, so the guy, so the tow truck guy comes in about 20 minutes, right? Cool dude, really professional. Takes the, takes the tire off, pops it off, puts the donut on, you know, make sure it puts some air in the other back tires. My back tires were great, just the front right. ones. <laughs> nice enough to put some air in my back tire. Say, hey, man, I just want to make sure you got enough air. I'm doing 45 all the way down surface streets, all the way to downtown LA. <laughs> it takes me 45 minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> So I'm the slow driver. I'm, I'm with the slow bop. I'm with the bruh man slow bop, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm doing 45. I finally get there, and I'm like, please don't let my other tire pop. Because then I'm screwed. Because I got no, I don't have no other. I don't have a that's where you messed tire. up so by saying that. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Bro, I was I was watching every dip, every turn. I'm slowing oh, down. God. I'm going over railroad tracks. I'm watching all the <laughs> potholes. Which man, is a lot I'm, in LA I'm, I'm too. Most, There's a lot of them in right. LA, man. 
I'm the most conscientious driver <laughs> that day in that second lane all the way down Figueroa. Oh, right? That's rough, man. It was wild. But it was cool, man. I, I got I got the Staples Center, fell through, had my had my staff in there, uh, you know, made sure they were straight. Yeah, y'all were active uh, up in there, man. Oh yeah, man. Um, so As the, always, the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces, which are which are the WNBA's best team in the league, right. came to to LA to play the Sparks, which I have been the mediocre team. Uh, and I and they have a great player in Neka Gumake. I think Neka Gumake is an absolute star, a very high basketball IQ. But unfortunately, she has to play with a person with a low basketball IQ in Liz Cambage, who's a disability. <laughs> When it comes to this team, and I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Yes, they, yes, they have fired Derek Fisher. His key card no longer works. They took his name off the sign, <laughs> and they got they pretty much put his stuff in a plastic bag and tossed it out with him. Mm. But and it made no difference with Fred Williams being an interim head coach. It made no difference at all. Um, you saw little spurts of defense from the Sparks, but listen, the Las Vegas Aces and Asia Wilson are just on a different level. Becky Hammond. To me, is not is is a female version, and I don't mean this to be disingenuous and disrespectful, but she is the female version of Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich. Absolutely, that's exactly what she is. She is a far and a, a above beyond any of her coaching peers. Uh, the way she just runs that team, and it's a well-oiled machine. And they got injuries: no Jackie Young, no Raquana Williams, which is scheduled. Who they're scheduled to come back in about a week or two. Goodness gracious. I mean, they the 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 they blew them out by eighteen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know. So I mean, that part was fun. Um, cause it's always good when you're dealing with the winning team, and you're dealing with um, you're dealing with a team that knows how to blow teams out, and they've only had two losses on the season. They're eleven and two in the last thirteen games. <laughs> That's always a good thing. And covering the Aces for as long as I've been able to cover them um, has been very, very interesting, to say the least. So it's been fun, man. But, yeah, Derek Fisher has been fired since the last time we spoke from the L.A. Sparks. And on the same day, Joe Madden from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim was also terminated. Man. And they had been going through, what was it, at that time, a 13-game losing streak. Yeah. And so – it's really been interesting. But before I get into my thoughts on these two subject matters, y'all know what time it is. If it's going on in the world of sports and entertainment, you know Nick Hamilton is going to speak on it. It's time to get it popping. All right. So, Derek Fisher, Joe Madden. A, two different sports, same philosophy, same mentalities when it comes to their respective organizations. Now, Derek Fisher... What I said, arguably one of the nicest guys out there, mm-hmm. but arguably one of the worst coaches to coach in the WNBA. And to, and to add insult to injury, the Sparks gave this dude a general manager position on top of that. And as a result, between his ego and his lack of understanding his players, lost arguably one of the greatest basketball players in the WNBA yep. in Candace Parker, yep. who departed as a free agent to the Chicago sky in the first year. She missed seven to eight games due to injury, got back with the team, and they won in their first year for their first ever title in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Then you lost Chelsea Gray to the Las Vegas Aces, a team, the point guy, 
you lost the point guard to a team you're going to see at least three times a year. Oh, man. <laughs> and came and whooped your ass on Saturday as a result. Mm-hmm. And so finally they had enough. Derek Fisher was finally fired. He should have never been hired in the first place. But as I said time and time again, the L.A. Sparks are a dysfunctional organization. There's no true leadership. There's no true structure. When I look at the Las Vegas Aces, for Mark Davis being the owner of not only just the Raiders, who I had a chance to talk to on Saturday, but also uh, the owner of the Las Vegas Aces, and he's also building a practice facility for the Aces in Henderson that's scheduled to be completed, I believe, in one more, about another year or so. Um, but you look at the president, you look at the general manager, you look at the moves that they made getting rid of Bill Lane Beer. And now they have Becky Hammond, which a lot of players love Becky Hammond because they love the way she allows them to play free. Mm -hmm. She allows them to be them, but she's also has structure, but not too much structure where it's almost military style where you start to clamp people down. And I think that was the problem with Bill Lane Beer. But anyway, you look at those type of organizations, you look at the Seattle Storm organization, you look at the Phoenix Mercury organization, you look at even the Chicago Sky organization, you see that there's structure, you see that there's leadership in those various important positions. The Sparks don't have that. And as I said on Twitter, if you want to help Nekagumake truly, it starts in the front office. You bring in on him, bringing on Liz Cambage was the biggest mistake that I've seen. I mean, LA, what is it with LA teams in, in, in getting these players that don't freaking fit? You look at the Lakers with Westbrook and you, <laughs> hot, and you bring on Westbrook and that didn't fit. Then you want to hold on to him for dear life because now you got to save face and now you got to save your ego. And so now you got to say, well, and plus, let's be clear, nobody wants to take that $44 plus million dollar contract for a guy that's aging who ain't really been in his prime in the last five years, okay? Mm. A professional stat pattern. Now, you go back to Liz Cambage, who the Las Vegas Aces allowed to walk. There was a reason why the Aces let her walk. And now all of a sudden, like I told you before, she's the Lizability. When she ain't complaining and crying to the refs, she's slow on defense. She gets down to the, she gets down under the rim. And then when she gets under the rim, she's not even a dominant force. Mm. She's tapping the ball like she's double tapping our Instagram picture. <laughs> and this is all Derek Fisher's doing. Yeah, it is. So what's really going to change? Then you go. Let's go down. The, let's go down the one ten to the five freeway and go down to to Anaheim, mm. where the the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who at that time were on a thirteen game losing streak, ended up being, I believe, fifteen games or so, if I'm not mistaken. But at the thirteen game losing mark, they decided to up and fire Joe Maddon, and so we asked the Angels general manager, and we're saying, wait a minute, why would you fire a dude? He, he claims he didn't talk to the players. Now, there are two prominent players on that team, arguably one of the greatest hitters of our generation in Mike Trout mm -hmm. and Shohei Otani. Mm -hmm. You didn't at least talk to both of those guys before you decided to make a decision to replace Joe Maddon with Phil Nevin, mm -hmm. who was out of his league. Way out of his who league. Was, <laughs> and so you decided to call Artie Moreno and say, hey, Artie, I think we should, feel, we should fire Joe Maddon. Now, mind you, this general manager for the Angels, Perry, this is his first ever top job as a general manager. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Shohei Otani, arguably one of the, 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 the faces of MLB, has had four plus general four plus managers in his excuse me, four managers in his time 
since he entered the world of Major League Baseball with the, with the Los Angeles Angels, mm. right? Four. Now, in football, if we said we, we got on Baker Mayfield for not performing the way that we thought he should perform, but look how many offensive coordinators he's had since, he's, since he entered the NFL. Well, we criticize that, but we don't want to understand the fact that this man, and I'm talking about Baker Mayfield for a second, that he had to learn four different offenses in his time under center as the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. We don't want to take that into consideration, right? right. But then we want to also take a consideration about Shohei Otani. My point is, you if, if you're going to criticize one, you got to criticize the other. If you're going to have sympathy for one, then you have sympathy for the other, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, Artie Moreno is the worst, one of the worst owners in sports. This dude does not know what the hell he's doing. He has hired at least, I believe, four to five general managers since he's taken over the team as owner. The Angels have not, not even sniffed the draws of the playoffs in the last five years. The only time Mike Trout has gone to the playoffs was against the Kansas City Royals when they swept the Angels. Yeah. So my question is, somebody raised the question to, to the Angels general manager, did Joe Madden really have a true sample size before he was terminated, because you look at the 2020 season, it was a short, shortened season. Then Mike Trout got hurt. Then the next year, Trout, Rendon, and Otani only played about 17 games together before they all became injured. So where was the true sample size before you decided to make this move? This is why you don't hire first time off the street, fresh out of Foot Locker type of general managers who don't have any type of experience. Because nobody wanted to touch this dude with a 20-foot pole. The Angels were the only ones to get this dude a job. You fire Billy Epler, who I thought was an incredible general manager, especially with all the circumstances he had to deal with, but he came from the Brian Cashman School of General Managers with the Yankees organization. So how do you let a guy like Billy Epler not have his full right and full opportunity to build this team in a way that he needs to build them, and you get rid of him, but yet you hire some dude off the street from Wienerschnitzel who, 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 who's barely seen... 80 hours as a manager there. You know, and, and the sad part about all of that is Joe Madden went ahead and cut his hair into a mohawk to try and move the team and motivate them to break out of their winning streak, but the players never saw it because he got fired before he could show the players. Joe Madden helped the Cubs win the World Series. No one in the face of the earth thought that could ever happen, okay? Nobody. Nobody saw the Cubs winning a World Series ever. This man made that happen. So how the hell do you let somebody of that caliber go without any explanation? You know, the Angels, like you said, are poorly ran, poorly managed, poorly owned, and that's why they'll always be the stepson in Los Angeles. They want to, they're not even a stepson. You know what they are? They're a distant relative. Ooh. <laughs> because here's the thing. When you look at how the Dodgers are ran, and I know the Dodgers got swept by the hated ones up north in San Francisco. That's going to happen, though. And we'll get into that later. But look how look how well ran the Dodgers organization is. Look where the structure is. And you can say what you want about Dave Roberts. And, yeah, there have been some, a lot of questionable calls that Dave Roberts has made. But the one thing you cannot question is the fact that Dave Roberts knows how to manage. Yep. And he knows a lot of baseball. And the fact that – Andrew Friedman and the rest of those guys in that front office still believe in Dave Roberts, even though people were calling for Dave Roberts' head on several occasions throughout various seasons, 
even though he went to the World Series and came up short like the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. But one of those instances we now found out that wasn't really his fault because mm -hmm. the Houston Astros were, were, were caught cheating. Yep. So, but it, regardless of that, the Dodgers still went to the World Series in 2020, won the World Series in 2020, and they weren't afraid to buy to get players that they know would add value to their team. They were afraid to get to 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 trade for players. Mm -hmm. Look at David Price. Look at Mookie Betts. Um, you had guys like Cody Bellinger. You had guys um, that you recently brought on in Freddie Freeman, who just won a World Series with the Atlanta Braves. Ironically, a team that beat the Dodgers mm -hmm. in the NLCS. And so. Look at the look at the structure. Now, yes, they have some pitching walls that they got to get through. They got to get they got to get some arms in that pitching rotation quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because yes, Clayton Kershaw has come back off the injury list, but now Walker Bueller is on the injury list, which is going to hurt them as well. Now he hasn't performed the best that we've seen him perform on the mound, even when he was healthy. We don't know what the hell's going on with Walker Bueller, but he's got to get it back. He got he's got to get it together. But what I will say is. Overall, the Dodgers are a very well-ran organization. You look at the New York Yankees. You look at the, even the Boston Red Sox. You even look at the, the you know you, you look at the Chicago White Sox. You look at various other organizations that are pretty well-ran. Even a new, as dare I say it, the New York Mets hiring Buck Showalter as their manager seems to be the 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 medicine that they needed to get healthy and get back on track and back into their winning ways as they envision their franchise to be. So when you look at this, this Angels organization, and it's like, well, damn, man, who who's going to who's going to who's going to sustain? Like, who's going to be there? Who's going to be the general manager for a long period of time? Who is going to be the manager for a long period of time? I mean, we even asked Trout, like, dude, aren't you bothered by the fact of lack of stability at manager? I mean, you dealt with Mike Sosha, who's been there for 14 plus seasons. Then you had to deal with. Uh, a one-year manager. Then they finally brought in a manager that's comparable and has a great uh, uh, amount of baseball knowledge in Joe Madden. And then you, you end up letting Joe Madden go for what? What was really going to change? I mean, the Mets over the weekend took what was it? Two out of three from the Angels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, they stopped. They had a one-game winning streak. Then went back to their losing ways. Now this week they're going to face the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, which could potentially be. Either they get swept by two games or they split one of those games. Because mm -hmm. I don't see the Dodgers losing, you know, that those two games against the Angels. I don't see that happening, especially with that Angels team. Um, but it's a travesty to see these organizations pretty much piss, piss away opportunities to win. When I talk about the Sparks, you talk about the Angels, you look at the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'll get into it on the other side of the break about the Los Angeles Chargers and their ownership situation because mm. there is some turmoil in that family, and I'll get into it and why the sister has a very strong case against Dean Spanos. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker ever. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. 
cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. 
Make sure you hit me up on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA as well as on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, the conversations we have <laughs> off air, uh, we would not be on air if we had some of these conversations, not. I'll no, tell you. Guaranteed. But I'll tell you one conversation that stirred up the, the, the social media space as well as got a lot of people hot under the collar is Anthony Davis. Mm. Now, recently, Anthony Davis had a video surface about him shooting the basketball, dribbling the basketball, and basically engaging himself back into basketball activities. We know about his injury history. And so he basically admitted that, hey, I haven't dribbled a basketball since April 5th of 2020. Wow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> We're This is June 14th. Yes. And the week of June 14th, right? <laughs> My math serves me correctly. <laughs> so you haven't dribbled a basketball in damn near uh, pretty much three months. Wow. Look, give or take three months. Yet you want us to respect you as a top-notch bona fide star <sighs> and presence that you are. You want us to recognize you on the same level as Giannis, Joel Embiid, Joker, and, uh, and other big men that are around the NBA, right? Rudy Gobert, other big men that we see around the league, mm-hmm. right? I can't do that. And the reason why I can't do that because your level of dedication is not the same that I'm I'm accustomed to seeing. When I think about greatness, when I think about people achieving greatness, and mind you, you always talk about Kobe Bryant took you under your under his wing. God bless his soul. We all know the Mamba mentality. And I'm sorry, Anthony Davis is not displaying the Mamba mentality to me. Because if you're under the Mamba mentality, you saying that you haven't dribbled a ball in over three months when your normal work, your normal workout routine in the offseason is you take a month off, which I understand mm-hmm. you need to recharge your batteries mentally, physically and emotionally. I get that. Then you go back into basketball activities. Your behind has been off picking splinters out your ass since April the 5th. Mm. <laughs> now, the season ended when a week, a week or so after. Yes. Because the Lakers didn't make the 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 the, the play in tournament, and they basically were bounced. So the regular season concluded about a week or so after that. So you've been off, and you hadn't dribbled a basketball since April fifth, and you want to convince me that this is a dude that's going to come back strong to help, quote unquote, a twenty year veteran in LeBron James who hasn't played a full season his damn self, and that you think and you're going to convince me that he's going to go back and win a title or try to compete for a title in the Western Conference? This is the same dude that the only time I've seen him play hard and play through injury was during his his contract year. Of course. And that year that, that they went to the bubble, unfortunately, because of the, the pandemic, and they went and they took care of business, and they won an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. And LeBron brought the Lakers an NBA championship, first time in 10 years since they had been to the NBA Finals. Right. Right. And you're going to convince me you Laker myopics out there, you Laker apologists, you ball washing, lathering up LeBron stands out there. (laughs) Have the audacity to speak this from your mouth to say that, oh, Anthony Davis is going to be fine. He's going to help LeBron along with West Brick, along with God knows whoever else. And yes, you hired Darvin Ham. And again, congratulations to Darvin Ham. But I don't think he's going to do much as much to do about nothing because I don't think nothing is going to change. I don't think that much, excuse me, is going to change. 
And therefore, you have a Anthony Davis, who you're going to think is going to transform into this big-time guy who is notably injury-prone every single freaking season. And all of a sudden now, we're supposed to not be worried about Anthony Davis not dribbling the ball in over three months. And he's automatically going to turn it on. This is not Giannis. This is not Joel Embiid. This is not Bam out of bio. This is not Rudy Gobert. This is Anthony Davis, who has the potential of being one of the greats in this league. Absolutely. When he is healthy, he is a force to be reckoned with. Keyword, when he is healthy. <laughs> the dude needs a, a, a handicap placard just to pull up to the practice facility. <laughs> because he can't sustain a whole damn season. The dude... I said he's going to play between 52 and 56 games this season. You know why? Because of crap like that. You ain't dribbled a ball in, in, in over three months. And you're taking pot shots. It, it ain't even a real practice. You're just shooting in your backyard with your swimming pool, with your beautiful house, which you've earned. But yet you want to convince me that this is the same dude that's going to go out here and just magically become on the all-star ballot and turn into an all-star type player, a.k.a. street clothes. <laughs> have you lost your damn minds? Because I think a lot of you have. No, because there's no way on God's green earth that's going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I, I just, don't sell me. <laughs> don't sell me BS and tell me that it's, it's chocolate ice cream. In all fairness, Nick, I mean, he's looking out for himself. If he would have picked up that basketball, he might have got injured. So that's why he probably didn't do it, man. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know what his new name should be? I love Charles Barkley. And I love the fact that he gave the name Street Club. Yeah. But you know Anthony Davis' new name should be Tissue Paper. <laughs> that's what his new name should be. The dude is soft as Connell. Soft. Oh, my gosh. I was so against now, that signing, man. But, yes, you're right. Now, speaking of soft, and, I, and, and a person that's not soft, and that's Steph Curry. Steph Curry was cooking on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Goodness gracious. That man, because that was a must-win. Game four was a must-win for the Golden State Warriors, yes, who pretty much tricked off an opportunity in game three mm -hmm. uh, against the Boston Celtics. And let me tell you something. Steph Curry, with that double-double, he willed his team to victory. Now, the interesting part about this is that what really won this game, besides Steph Curry winning this game for the Golden State Warriors, the real person that won this game for the Warriors rebounded. They out-rebounded the, the Boston Celtics 55-42 in game four. Mm -hmm. right? Game five was also a must-win for the Warriors because they had to handle their business in game five. And the same thing, in the, in the same formula that they took from game four, they had to take it in game five because – even in the fourth quarter of game four, Clay Thompson scored some, some really imperative buckets in that fourth quarter before Steph got started again. And he knocked down, he knocked down those key shots and pretty much was the dagger or less than about two minutes ago, I believe, in that fourth quarter. Uh, but he had an impactful four, third and fourth quarters. And I mean, he came into the fourth quarter with what, 33 points mm -hmm. on his way to that impact that historic night. But the, the the really thing I look at when we talked about the rebounding is the fact that Marcus Smart was unable to keep Kayvon Looney off the glass. And Kayvon Looney was snatching boards like like a like a, a, a smoker with a sweet tooth. Because there's no way that you're going to convince me that Marcus Smart couldn't keep Kayvon Looney off the boards if he really focused on doing that. And I like Marcus Smart. But I I've always said before, Marcus Smart is a ridiculously inconsistent player. 
He is loaded with talent. He is loaded with skill, but he's not always the most consistent guy when you need him to be consistent. And when I look at that game, man, and I saw that, and I said, oh, yeah. And they're cutting, and they went back to San Francisco for game five, the Chase Center. The Chase Center was loud. It was rocking. I mean, you saw Mr. Fab. You saw E-40. You saw all the Bay Area people out there supporting their team for game five, and it was a must win. Um, you know, I think it's a must win for the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Boston is definitely going to definitely going to have to play. They want to stay in this series. And I, and I, I did originally say Golden State in six. But I'm going to have to change my pick and say Golden State in seven because I think mm. I think there may be a seventh game. Oh, I, no do, I do think they may be a seventh game. No doubt about it. I mean, the way they're playing, it, anyone can win this series, man. But it, the, the Warriors go as Steph goes and as Draymond goes. And we know that. And Mr. Triple Single. <laughs> Mr. Triple Single. You know, but he does the stuff. I, I'm gonna sound real cliche. He does the intangibles. He does the things that don't show up on the stat sheet, which is true. Without without Draymond, you're not winning any of those rings or this series. Period. Well, I can't say that. And also, the silent assassin known as Andrew Wiggins. Yes, uh, Andrew Wiggins has been very instrumental in that playoff run for the Golden State Warriors, um, especially in this final series, a couple games in this series in the finals as well. But I will say this much. Now, you and I have been in media for quite some time. Long Jay. time, long time. And we've, and listen, I've had my share of stupid questions. <laughs> Everybody in media has had their share all, of stupid, asking stupid it. questions. Whether you your intention is that and you realize, damn, I shouldn't have asked that. I should have asked it a different way. Or I should have asked it at all. <laughs> or it was just a playing out stupid-ass question, right? Right. There was a reporter that asked, Draymond Green, about something that happened three years ago concerning the Warriors and one of their teammates. Take a listen to what went down with this exchange with a reporter and Draymond Green. I believe tomorrow is the three-year anniversary of, of Clay's ACL injury in the game against Toronto. I was just hoping you could reflect briefly on sort of the emotion of that night and how crazy. No, it's unnecessary. We're oh, but just sort of how, cra- how crazy it's been what he's gone through to get here. Yeah, we're here in this moment. Um, no need to talk about some something well, that's my unfortunate my friend, that happened three years ago. We're, we're here in this moment. We're going to stay in this moment. We're going to think positive thoughts, and we're going to move forward. My point, I guess, was just everything he's overcome since then. To be yeah, there. it's been great to see, uh, you know, where he is and, and, you know, the level that he's back playing. But it's no need for us to talk about moments that we don't want to relive from three years ago. Now, you see, ladies and gentlemen, that was a stupid ass question. Oh. What the hell? What the hell does that have to do with the game itself? It happened three years ago. Now, if it happened three months ago, I could understand that. You know, if it was six months ago, I can understand it because that was a very devastating injury to Clay Thompson, and it cost the Warriors a championship at that time. So I totally understand that question. If it was six months ago or three months ago. This was three years ago. You think they, who the hell wants to think about the injury? Go ask a dude out here in these streets that got shot. Hey, man, you know, tomorrow's the third year that you got shot right there on the corner of such and such in, in, in Broadway. No, nobody's thinking about that. They're thinking about moving forward. They're thinking about moving ahead of that because they, they've survived it. They got past it. And they're playing pretty well. To, to, considering all factors involved. And you want to ask, that's the question, of all the questions you're going to ask Draymond Green, 
you're going to waste time and effort to ask them that silly stuff? Man, come on. I think it's a very valid question, Nick. Because think about How? it. And I'll, I'll explain myself. Now, Clay has not played in the last few years, okay? A couple years because of his injuries, you know? Of course, we don't want to bring up old stuff, you know? We don't want anyone being a plumber bringing up old, you know what? But here's the thing. It's very relevant because they haven't played with Clay for the last two years. So it's a different dynamic that he's back now. So I don't have a problem with that question being asked whatsoever. He was just doing his job. And no one, I mean, of course, you know, there's people that don't want to bring up old stuff. It's bad luck. It's this. It's karma. It's whatever. But I felt he was well within his right to ask that question. And I felt he, he was just trying to create a narrative. He's doing his job. Okay. And, and, and wanted to compare the times that Clay hasn't been there. And now Clay's back, and, and the band's back together. I don't have a problem with that question whatsoever at all. It was clickbait. He's trying to get a reaction out of Draymond. And Draymond handled it exactly the way he should have handled it. He said what he said. Look, we're not focused on that. We focus on moving forward. That's three years ago. He's playing with us now. We don't care about that. Because it's irrelevant. At the end of the day, what does it matter? It doesn't matter because the man is playing. Now, if the man still wasn't playing and he was still absent, Okay, fine. Maybe you have a point. But at the same token, this stuff happened three years ago. And the man is playing in every single game since the playoff run began all the way to where we are currently in game five. Right? So what is the point of asking that question when it doesn't matter what happened three years ago? A lot of stuff happened three years ago. Hell, the Lakers were champions three years ago. (laughs) Are we still talking about that? No. Besides you Laker myopics out there, <laughs> but the rest of the world actually lives in reality. We're not talking about that. What well, those fans are that want to know? Those fans that want to know that talking, kind of stuff. Are we are we still talking about the Tom Brady winning a, a championship in Tampa? No. You know what the topic of the conversation is? Will the Rams defend their championship? That's what we're talking. It's called being current. That's what we call it current events. But you got to live in current moments. Okay. You, you, the, why are we in this business? To create, you know, we, we want the attention. I don't have a problem bait. with it. it. It could be clickbait, but here's the thing. There's people that want to know that answer. But there's people that want to know the answer. People want to know the mentality. I really don't have a problem with the question. I really don't. How many people really want to know that? How, okay, I Jack, can't let's answer be how many people, but I'm how sure many, there's people many, out there. No, how many people? Let's be, let's, let's be, let's, let's think logical for a second. How many people? Really give a damn about what happened three years. How many people even remember what happened to Clay Thompson three years ago? I'm sure a lot of people remember, and that's why he asked the question. He's a very integral part of the team, so it's different. that He's finally back. You know, he's just trying to get a pulse of the team, man. I That's all he was doing. I don't think he was trying to stir up the so, pot. I don't think he was doing anything but asking on. the question. You know, and I get know a that, pulse of the team? Uh, yeah. yeah. No. That's not how you get a pulse of the team. Getting a pulse of the team is how do you feel Clay Thompson has played throughout the playoffs and in the final? He probably could versus, have asked it better, versus, uh, according versus to some previous, people. Versus previous years, we've seen Clay Thompson go off in games I, when it mattered. I don't think it's a bad question. It's not the best question in the world, but it's not the worst. And, you know, some people are making it out to be that he, he asked him for his social security number and, and, and pissed him off. And that's not the case, man. I, I just think he was trying to get create a narrative. I really think people want to know the mentality of the team now as opposed to when he wasn't with them. That's all it was. That's how I took it when I heard the question. 
I don't have a problem. And creating a narrative can sometimes get you, get your ass cussed out. It, it could, but it, it could also make people think, like, oh, okay. as 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 a old a old hustler once told me, reckless eyeballing can quote get your bitch ass knocked out. End quote. <laughs> That's not a bad question though, man. It, it was harmless. It was harmless. It was harmless, bro. That's just my opinion. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into the family feud between the Spanos family and who will be taking control of the Los Angeles Chargers moving forward. And I'll also tell you why the sister may have a stronger case than many may think. We'll get into that and more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me. 
me is what makes me get up in the morning. Well, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't. It won't. Impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know. You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton Hill, Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145, final segment of the show. Make sure you hit up my man, Big Brother Jake, at Big Brother Jake on all social media platforms, as well as, well as follow Nightcast Media at nightcastmedia.com. Your gateway to sports, pop culture, entertainment, tech, community, all roll into one. That's nightcastmedia.com and on all social platforms at Nightcast Media. All right, y'all. So, look, before the break, we talked about a lot of stuff. Y'all got me hot under the collar. My pressure's all up now. I had to go back and drink some body armor to calm me down and get some electrolytes back in me because, man, I'm over here sweating like T.D. Jakes in a suit. But I will say this much. The only person that – another person that's sweating under the collar is Los Angeles Chargers owner Dean Spanos. Now, recently there was a report that came out from Dean Spanos' sister. Now, we don't know that there's been some internal conflict between the family members because there is a trust much like the Lakers organization that has a trust with all of the kids involved in it, even though Jeannie Buss has been named and is is acting as the owner. Uh, So Dean Spanos, who owned the team from his dad in in San Diego, decided in 2017 to move the team to Los Angeles after a deal fell through to get him a brand new stadium because Qualcomm was absolutely a dump and move the team to Los Angeles in efforts to try to grow the team uh, financially as well as getting more exposure in a larger a larger market. Now, he had to team up with Stan Kroenke in order to get to Los Angeles and to play in SoFi Stadium. Now, we all know that Stan Kroenke's world, and we know the Rams are the premier team as far as football is concerned in Los Angeles. As I told you time and time again, and I'll keep saying it, it's Dodgers, Lakers, Rams, USC football, and everybody else. And the Chargers fall into the category of everybody else here in Los Angeles. So the report came out that Dean Spano's sister said she's she's accusing him and I, I believe the other brother of having misogynistic practices in the workplace, which we all know that is a no-no, or it should be a no-no when it comes to the disrespecting of women in the workplace. Regardless of whatever the reason is, it should not be tolerated. And according to the sister of Dean Spanos, it has been tolerated uh, for quite some time. The thing about it is this. Dean Spanos is in over his head. He can't, to me, I don't believe, I don't believe he can keep up with the current climate of ownership. You look at Stan Kroenke, who has a deep pocket. 
You look at the owner of the Carolina Panthers who came from Silicon Valley. You look at, obviously, Jerry Jones. You look at the 49ers owner. You look at um, Bob Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots. You look at the Tampa Bay owner. You look at, uh, what's the owner? I forgot his name escapes me. The owner of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who also started, who was a co-founder of Home Depot. Um, Arthur Blank. You look at Arthur Blank, right? This is going to be a legal battle that's going to be very drawn out between the Spanos family. Dia Spanos Barbarian is the sister of the Chargers owner, Dean Spanos, who I was talking about, is suing her brothers for misogynistic treatment and self-dealing and breaches of fiduciary duty. Uh, Barbarian filed a lawsuit looking to gain full control of the Spanos family trust, which will remove Spanos as co-trustee, meaning Dean, as co-trustee along with financial damages. The trust control over one-third of the ownership stake. The interesting part about this is the fact that if she ends up winning, because she has the same lawyer, ironically, that Jeannie Buss had to take the team over from Jim Buss. And we all know how that played out. The Spanos need to sell this team for a multitude of reasons. One, they're cheap, and they're cheap because they can't afford the upkeep to play, right, to play in the game. When you look at the Los Angeles Rams, who can go at any point, you saw they just signed Aaron Donald <laughs> to an extension. They just signed Cooper Cup to an extension, right? They they acquire Allen Robinson. And with all of that said, they have created another $15 million in cap, right? So you know OBJ is coming at some point. And Lord knows whoever else is going to be able to come midseason that they're going to be able to sign to go back on that Super Bowl run, right? To defend their championship. They already signed Matt Stafford to Matthew, excuse me, Matthew Stafford. They already signed Matthew Stafford to an extension. This is a well-ran organization. Again, as I spoke about in the first segment, well-ran organizations versus piss poor organizations. It is the complete op- opposite ends of the spectrum. You look at the Rams, well-ran organization. Chargers, well, not well-ran organization. Period. Tell me I'm lying. And now you got these lawsuits that are continuing to, to pin up against Dean Spanos and, and the brother, and the sisters are fighting each other because quiet is kept. The sisters, I don't think, really wanted the, the, the Spanos, the other Spanos brothers, to move the team out of San Diego. I think they wanted to stay in San Diego. I think they had a home in San Diego. Outside of Raider games, Charger games were pretty much packed in San Diego. They impacted the community in San Diego. I used to drive down there from 2014 to 2017 twice a week. So I understood the impact of the, of the San Diego community with their Chargers. No matter who, who came to play, like I said, outside of the Raiders. This team is dysfunctional. And they need new ownership. And whether that be Jeff Bezos, who wants to purchase an NFL franchise, whether that be the owner of the Clippers, Steve Ballmer, who was already in good with Stan Kroenke, who was already well-known in that Inglewood, Los Angeles community. Anybody is better than the Spanos because you need someone with deep pockets. If you're going to put a team on the map and truly make them a winning franchise, to make them relevant in a city that is already dominated by three franchises, you got to make some sort of impact. 
And the only way you're going to make that impact is getting deep pockets to acquire big name superstars to come to your organization. Much like how the Rams did Jalen Ramsey, much how the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford and convinced Matthew Stafford that LA was a better destination than cold ass Detroit, who ain't seen who, who, who lays donuts in the playoffs and being able to acquire, excuse me, extend the services of arguably one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen in Aaron Donald. You were able to acquire OBJ and Von Miller last year. Come on, man. You got to do better. So this is going to be a knockout, drag out fight between the Chargers brass. And it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well for the Chargers. And it's damn sure not going to end well for the Charger fans. Well, what is going to end well is this brush that I keep spelling that Big Brother Jake <laughs> has been cooking up. So what's going on, man? What you got on tap? It's always something to talk about. Let's check out the Moments Brunch. What's cooking this week, guys? All right. We got a lot on tap, man. I hope you're hungry. We got a lot to cover here. Uh, Phoenix Mercury head coach called for uh, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris. I, my enunciation talk today. To attend a basketball game in the nation's capital on Tuesday night as Mercury visit the Mystics to talk about the team and how they could bring back Brittany Griner home from Russia. Uh, do you think the president and vice president will accept the invite? And if so, do you think talking to the team will help at all? I don't know if they're going to accept the invite, to be honest with you. It, I mean, if they're in town um, and they should go, I mean, I mean, it's a it's a it's an international topic. It's very it's a very serious topic. First first off, let me say this: free BG. Um, secondly, I don't know what talking is going to do. It's about action. And I even saw uh, Roy Jones Jr., who I think believe has dual citizenship mm -hmm. with, in, in America and Russia, trying to network some of his contacts in Russia to try to find out what's the deal with Brittany Griner trying to get home. And I, my thing is, what the hell is the State Department doing? Because it seems like they're moving at a snail's pace. I mean, they're moving slower than the 405 at rush hour doing gridlock. Because it doesn't seem like they're doing much of anything. It seems like more people are talking about this topic, which we should, but it seems like we're creating more action and awareness than the State Department and the U.S. government is doing. Again, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not privy to that information. But I don't know what talking is going to do. I think it's a bunch of gibberish. I think... These players deserve action. Brittany Griner deserves action. And it's time to bring Brittany Griner back home. I, I said on this show that she got herself into this trouble. There's no mistake about that. I don't, I don't dial back on that. She put herself in this position, but she does not deserve this type of treatment, which she's doing. Listen, she did. She made up. She made a terrible choice. She made a bad mistake, but I think she's learned from it. And it's time to bring her back home. It's time to bring Brittany Grinder back home and get her back to the states where she belongs. And then on second, on secondly, I think it's time for the WNBA to start looking at more ways to invest into their players, so they don't have to go to these foreign countries and live under these foreign rules. That they can still live in the states and make a decent living and still be able to support themselves and their families. I don't disagree with anything you said on that. Absolutely correct. Uh, moving on, comedian Michael Blackson in a recent radio interview said that his fiance allows him to have one side chick a month. If significant, if significant others allowed their partners to have a side chick once a month, would this cut down on cheating? And if you were allowed to have a side chick, would you cheat in all of your relationships? 
Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, I don't think it's gonna cut down on cheating because I think if you want to cheat, you're gonna cheat. It's just you got a you got a free pass to to have something extracurricular on the side. If I'm in a serious relationship, which I am not, I am single, I am free, I'm a free agent. I am currently <laughs> still on the market. Same. <laughs> Tell you the, 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 the yesterday's price. It's not today's price. It's not today's and my price. and my stock is climbing. I'm trying to tell folks. Mm. You better, you better, you better come on. Jump come on, on with the come on and get down with the get down. <laughs> but anyway, I will say this. If I'm in a committed relationship with somebody that I truly love and I truly care about, right. I don't want to share myself with anybody. Mm-mm. And I don't want them to share themselves with anybody. Mm-mm. Now to each his own. I ain't knocking it. I understand it because maybe you know his fiance feels like so many others that may feel like, hey, you know what? If I if I allow it. Then it won't be a secret to me. They won't have to hide it, and they won't have to do certain things that to, to to betray my trust. So maybe that's one of the reasons. I don't know. To each his own. I'm not mad at him. I mean, remember Andre Karolinko's uh, wife yeah. had the same exchange with him mm-hmm. uh, when he was playing for the Utah Jazz in yeah. the NBA, and you know, so maybe that's maybe that works out for their relationship. Who knows? But I can't do it now. If this is somebody I'm just dating casually and I don't really care about, yeah, if they offer me that, I'll probably take it. Yeah, well, you know, I, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to stay single. And if I'm in love with somebody, like in love with them, I'm not sharing with nobody. Nobody. That's just me, though. All right. And final thing on the menu. Jack Daniels. Love me some Jack Daniels. Oh, mm. Jack D. Jack Daniels is releasing a new drink, Jack and Coke, after partnering up with the legendary bottling company Coca-Cola. I'm a huge fan of Coca-Cola. Are you interested in trying this blend pre-made? I'm so happy you are a fan of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a great company. I implore everybody to support Coca-Cola. <laughs> but as far as this drink goes, I don't know, man, because you know what's funny? Like, I'm so used to going to the bar, ordering a Jack and Coke, mm-hmm. and it's made a particular way. I don't know how it's going to I don't know how it's going to taste in an aluminum can. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be bad, because I think it's I think they 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 really thought about this of formula course, and put yeah. it together. But I'm definitely open to trying it. I'm definitely open to trying to see what it's like. But I don't think it's going to be the exact same. It's like getting beer out the tap or be, getting beer out the bottle. Like it's a, it's a slightly different taste. Yes, it is different. And and I like to control the, the volume of my alcohol. <laughs> but I would try it. I would try it. But then if it wasn't as strong as I'd like it, I'd add more. So that's but it's we, cool because guess what? You save money when you're going to the cookouts this summer. You got a, <laughs> a, you got a nice little 12-pack of that in the, in the cooler. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't see save it that you, way. Very smart. Some money. Very smart. And, it, and it's very sanitary because everybody can open up their own can. There you go. There you go. And that is the Moments Brunch. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's show. I appreciate it. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all streaming platforms. That's Apple Podcasts. AKA iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, all for free 99. For my engineer extraordinaire, producer to the stars, Big Brother Jake, I am Nick Hamilton. Thank you to everyone at SiriusXM, Slam Radio, and Nightcast Media. Until next week, y'all stay sharp, take care. We in a win like paper planes. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.